Hello everybody, I am Michael Cole and this is Game Changers with Vicki Abelson. Tonight's victim is Mr. Sandy Helper. Victim! Victim! Okay, so we're late and I apologize, it's totally my fault. Um, but I'm, I'm still going to blame Mercury Retrograde. Do you know about Mercury Retrograde, Sandy? Uh, yeah, it was a car years ago. Uh, <laughs> Chrysler used to make it, I think. Okay. Oh, it just flipped around, Michael. It's on you. Okay, now it flipped around again. Did you see that? No. That just was, couldn't resist. Okay, that was wicked weird. It wanted to show Michael. And Okay, so Michael, come over here so I can introduce you okay. to everybody. So, see, oh, see, the bookcase is in the shot. Oh. So, we're, we see, we're going to fix that. See, remember, I'll I was telling that. you how it does the thing. I'm in trouble, folks. So, no, it's not you. I set the shot. It was Mercury everybody, Retrograde set the <laughs> shot. Yes. We're going to get the bookcase out of the shot. This is Michael Cole, everybody. Hey, Hi. Michael. Hi, Vicky. Thank you so much for doing this. My pleasure. It's fun to be here. Michael is actually a guitar player. Tell, tell us about yourself. What, what do you do, Michael? Sure. Um, I am a guitar player here in Los Angeles. Uh, I'm also a vocal arranger for choirs and vocal groups. Nice. I do some singing on film scores, and I'm just an all-around working musician here in town. So if you need a working musician who plays guitar and who looks awfully cute, he has like nice bling. Michael's your guy. And then he's also such a nice guy that he's filling in for Pete George, who is like up in Vegas headlining the Grand Hotel. How dare he? Yeah. Thank you so much. Michael. My pleasure. Thank Michael's going to be, uh, and I'm going to talk to you in a second. That's you're okay. only the guest. I'm eating watermelon. So eat watermelon. So we're, we're blurry. We're late. The, so you up. can see where the shot is, right? Oh, yeah, so good. yeah, we got the bookcase because I set it up at. But yeah. I was t that's what I was trying to tell. You know what it did after you turned it on? It flipped and showed you when you were nowhere near it, and then it flipped back. Well, can you blame so, it? <laughs> I, so, no, I'm just telling you, this is a weird... Um, see, people are sending up love. People are laughing at oh, us. Oh, laughing? Look at, look at the love. Not look laughing at, at us. No, they're, laughing, they're, laughing, for they're us. laughing for us. And you yeah. haven't even started to be funny yet. <laughs> no, I'll finish the watermelon so, and go home. <laughs> um, so, there's so much love. There's so much love coming up. Oh, it's getting better. Michael's still... So we still yeah. have a corner of the bookcase. Yep, working on and, it. And yeah, the heads are cut off. Yeah, this is a pain in the I'll ass. I'll fix it. Don't worry you about it. You know what it is? It's Facebook Live does not show a true picture when you're uh -huh. looking through the camera. Uh -huh. What he's seeing there is completely right. different than what we're seeing. Yeah, we just need a little more head action. I'm going to keep... Uh... Yeah, you're going to get it. We just need the top of our heads. Great. It's, it's, um, and I'll get that bookcase. And the bookcase is annoying. So, you know what? I think if I have that move, thing done too tight. If we back uh, the table, and then it would cut out, it would cut out we'll, the bookcase. We'll, just, we'll move into the frame. Right. We'll move the we, table We still around. need some more head, a little less yes, bookcase. We <laughs> we're getting the shot. So we were only three or four minutes late, and now we're only setting the shot for you. But this is what I've come to learn. When we don't set the shot right at the right, beginning, right. it's annoying the whole show. Right. This way, I'll just annoy the fuck out of you the for beginning. a couple of minutes, and then we're going to be... We'll be alone. Sandy came all the way from very far away to be here. That's Thank right. you for driving. It was crazy weather? No. I thought you said it was like 190 Oh, it was. Degrees. It was hot. Yeah, it didn't impact the driving at all. It's just... Right, well... Because you have nice air conditioning, nice yeah, car. Yeah, sometimes I lay down, I watch the TV a little bit. You know. It's scary. Oh, Michael, look how good you're making that. Stick with me, kid. Yeah. This is getting beautiful. And oh, look, this, people are sending up a lot of love. Sandy, wow. you're getting so... Look at all that look love you're getting. That. So let's see who... Crystal Husband. Hi, Crystal. I bet she's loving us. I went out last night with Crystal. I took her to see... Um, do you know Sam Harris? He was the first winner yeah, yeah. of Star Search. Right. So he had the premiere of his movie, Ham Musical Memoir, last night, and we uh -huh. went, and it was quite lovely. Uh -huh. And um, 
and so Mary Scott O'Connor is here, Crystal Husband, Rose, Sharon Daniels, hi, Aaron Brown, I bet some of these are your friends too, Paula, these are regular show regulars, Laura Frost, hi, um, by the way, if anybody has questions for Sandy, and you can start sending them off because Michael is here and he is so on it. He's got like a perfect shot going on right now. Yes. All right. <laughs> that is, it's, you know, Facebook does like this little blurry thing, but it, it won't be blurry in the same. And we don't see the wrinkles. And... It's kind of nice with the soft focus. No, yeah. but I don't think it really is. Would you, Sharon, would you tell me if we're blurry for you out there? Because we're a little weird on my thing. <laughs> so there's not, there's nothing we can do about Hi, Penny. Hi, Penny. Um, so the last time Sandy you were here yes. was for a women who write. Right. It was a long time ago. Yes, it was. And you told this you kind of told your family history the last time you were here. Yeah, it was long enough. It was almost as long as World War Two. <laughs> no. <laughs> but it was fascinating. I actually watched it again today. Really? It was in three parts because my videos were oh, short. I know. It was but so... <laughs> but you really told you told the story and it's from Eight years ago, there were a lot of people out there who don't know your story. Right. Pretty compelling. We're not going to spend a lot of the show on that, but but bring us up to speed. You were born in Germany. Yes, and now because... I'm grown up. Uh, uh, I was <clears throat> born in Germany because my parents were Holocaust survivors. They were from Poland, and they didn't get out, and they spent. So wait, why were you born in Germany if they were Polish? Because they were moved to camps that were in Germany. Oh. And then at the end of the war, they were just released, and they were taken to what they call, um, uh, I can't, it's, it, it's, it's a camp where if you've just been A determined, uh, uh, yeah, I yeah, know what you're talking, whatever, See, that, yeah, I can't. My mind is, uh, uh, anyway, so. Uh, that, How did your parents survive the camps? Well, my father and mother were, were both 13 when they went in. Wow. And, uh. My father saw that they were taking the stronger and larger people in one uh, uh, row and mm -hmm. taking the old and the skinny little kids and he just knew that couldn't be good mm -hmm. and he was little, uh, he was uh, 13, uh, no, yeah, he was 13. He, uh, so his brother was a barber, he told him he could cut hair. Mm -hmm. So they tried him out, they liked him and uh, they would send him, uh, he would cut the soldiers hair. And so he would cut the soldiers there, then they'd send him over to the women's side. He'd cut the soldiers there. He'd also, they'd give him boots to shine and he carried bread in there. And uh, so he'd go back to the women's side, he spotted my mother. At 13? At thir well, you're in a, in a concentration camp. There's not much else, not Teen, <laughs> teen Time magazine. <laughs> nothing to read. Yeah. But that's what I said, with all that was, you know, they both had shaved heads. All that was going on around them, they literally found each other. That's absolutely, I mean, if that's not Beshert, Beshert is meant to be, I don't know what is. It was, and she uh, resisted, you know, I mean, can you imagine? His they're, advances? They're <laughs> dating in a camp, and she was playing hard to get. You know? <laughs> so. Uh, How long were they in the camp? They were in the camp for uh, 13, they were in the camp for six years, oh, the whole war, my. you know. So uh, when the war was over and they were uh, let out into displaced persons camps. Okay, that's there you what go. Those were. Yeah. And he was uh, yeah. looking for my mother. <clears throat> he couldn't find her, he asked around. Oh. He uh, found out she had gone back to Poland. So there he find, find 
So he uh, had a bicycle. He rode the bicycle to where she lived. He rode the bicycle to Poland? Well, it's not far. <laughs> it's all, it looks further if you're driving. But uh, it wasn't that. And then yeah. he traded the uh, bicycle for a wedding ring. I mean, my mother had no idea. This, this is like down. the gift of the Magi. Yeah. Do you get this story? That's crazy. So he shows up at her door. Yeah. And she opens it. And at first she didn't recognize him because in the camps he had a shaved head. Right. Weighed uh, 90 pounds and, you know, wore a striped uniform. Right. Now he had a giant head of wavy Jew hair. Oh. He, had, uh, <laughs> he weighed 93 pounds. And he had a double-breasted suit that he wore that was like triple-breasted. Oh. The pants were... Up to here, they were like cinched, you know. So. How how much after the how much later was this? You know, with maybe they didn't see each other for how long? Do you think? A few months. A few know. months. Everyone so they're still skinny malings. Right. Everyone was displaced for a while. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you could stay with people for a certain length of time. And right. Like, right. Uh, so then he he's he's a talker. So. He said, well, uh, he said, let's, you know, he told her he wanted to marry her. She said, yeah. no, I have a fiancé, he's a Polish soldier, he's on the front. By the way, Sharon just said, first camp humor I've heard done well. Oh, there's more, <laughs> plenty, we're going to make Hogan's heroes look like, uh, but uh, yeah, that's what I say, uh, where the uh, camp has laughed. But, but uh, so, he tells her he wants to marry her, she mm -hmm. says, I have a boyfriend, a Polish soldier oh. he's on the front and my father said why is he on the front the war is over and my father said he doesn't sound too smart <laughs> she, says, she says don't insult him he says let's go for a walk and uh, at that time there was still the uh, limited amount of electricity oh so really she said we have to hurry they'll turn off the lights she walks to the train station with him and he gets on the train and she's standing on the platform and he takes her. This always. He takes her by the hand, and she resists. And he says, "If you come with me, I'll take care of you for your whole life." And she said, "But I don't have any clothes." That's my mother. I don't have any clothes. I don't have any makeup. And he says, "Forget about it." And pulled her on the train. Stop. I, from that, he. She, well, but they sort of knew each other. Well, but right. But yeah, I mean, she I, just went with, on the went with. Well, them. she's gonna stay in an apartment, wait for a German soldier who's still wait, fighting. So the she war. didn't have any family in the camp where she in the determined. No, was her family was completely wiped out. Her parents, her she had a sister. Uh, she never talked much about the camps. My mm -hmm. father, uh, not only did he like to talk about it, he sometimes he embellished it. <laughs> as how, if how, it needs embellishment. Even as a kid, I thought, really. Like, 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 what would be a possible embellishment? Well, he would say, you know, uh, and they did like him. I mean, you know, I didn't talk to any of the soldiers, but the fact that he survived. <laughs> yes, as long I as think he that's did. a testament to him. And uh, so, he said to me, I thought, why does he think I'm stupid? He said, so listen, you know, because he had a habit of embellishing. Yeah. Oh, he embellished my life. He told everyone, all of his friends in Ohio, that uh, I was Steven Spielberg's partner. <laughs> Because I, I look like it. They would be. And people believed him. They the shit that he told them. I mean, he told them uh, we would come to Florida once um. a year to visit my mother and father. Mm -hmm. After a while, we couldn't stand it, so we'd only stay three, four days, and it made him angry. So his friends, they were all refugees. 
they had, excuse me, children who were lawyers and doctors. They say, the doctors come, they sleep on the couch, they sleep on the floor. You're too good, you have to sleep in the hotel. And I said, and it made him angry. And he said, why do you have to leave after three days? I said, because it just gets to be. So his friends would say, why did your son leave so soon? He would say, he would call him Spielberg sent a plane. <laughs> he can't do the movie without my son. Oh. Oh, now, were you already in the movies when he was doing this? Yeah, but not oh, but Spielberg. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't. He couldn't make the Mel Brooks partner? Yeah, he, you know, Spielberg was the biggest. Yeah. He also, uh, uh, I think I told I hit, I did the uh, pilot for Love Boat. I played Gopher Smith. The original Gopher on Love Boat. Yeah. And so tell everybody... Uh, when I first heard you with the original, I thought, oh, Sandy got fired. You didn't get fired. No. Tell they, what happened. They, uh, we did the, uh, it was a two-hour pilot. We would sail, we sailed around Ensenada. So you were really days. on a boat? See, I thought that was all bullshit. Because <laughs> I've heard from other actors that they weren't on a boat when they shot the episodes. Well, parts of it, that when you're on a boat and you're in the ocean. But there was also sets. That, that were, were indoors, yeah, yeah. They didn't shoot it in inside the boat because it was too small. I see. So, uh... So I was, uh, you know, a gopher, and my father ran around telling everyone, and it was before the show was on. Yeah. My son, he's gopher. My son, he's gopher. <laughs> so they didn't pick up the show after the pilot. Right. And uh, I went on and did another show. Then they picked it up a year later, and I wasn't available, and the rest is history. You know, they recast the whole thing. So the show was on for 12 years. For 12 years, my father told people, I was Gopher Smith. <laughs> that so people his all... son was on the the love boat, and he plays the Gopher. <laughs> so now wait a minute. <laughs> I believe I've heard you tell that he said that even when you were sitting right there. Yeah. Yeah. So that people could look at you and know. There was a, <laughs> uh, when they came to L.A. once, and I would tell my father, please don't tell people. It's humiliating. I live here. You go here and shit in L.A. and then go home, and then I have to explain, you know. Uh, so. Uh, That's very funny. We took to a hotel to check in. Right. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and I said, just don't. So he's at the desk at the Lowe's, and I'm way off to the side, and I'm seeing, I see him talking and pointing to me, and I think, oh my God, you know. And I said, well, well, they like it. It makes them happy. I said, no, it makes you happy. So we went one time to a uh, uh, Benihana's. Okay. So we're sitting at a table with other people we don't know. Right. And my father's sitting across from me, and he's sitting uh, next to a black couple. And I don't have trouble saying it because he's gone. My father was a terrible racist. The fact that he went through what he went through, he, he and my mother were racist. So he's sitting next to a black family and he's looking at me and he keeps looking at the guy. And then he pokes the guy and I thought, no. <laughs> no he tells the guy, he says, see, that's my son over there. He's the gopher. He's the gopher on the love boat. And no one had ever said this to my father. The black guy looks at me and says, that ain't gopher. <laughs> that ain't gopher. And, and he said, my father said, uh, he was a good He said, no, 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 that's really gopher. He looks much more Jewish in person. And uh, so you know what? My father finally felt as stupid as I did because the black guy was not going to let He was not go. buying it. No, he said, that ain't <laughs> gopher. And I looked at the black guy and said, yeah. 
know. You know, but what's really interesting is that I have no doubt that your father's cojones are what kept him alive, Absol- right? Absolutely. You know, because he was too little to do heavy work. He also has a very sarcastic sense of humor. As a kid, we used to go to a restaurant. He would call the waiters uh, Yiddish slang dirty names. You know, Schmender, Pischer, oh, yeah. you know, uh, fuckhead in Yiddish, come over here. And we said, please, Daddy. He said, what? He doesn't uh, uh, understand. He says, he would go, watch, Schwarzen, you get me uh, some water. And the guy. No, he didn't say Schwarzen. Uh, Schwarzen's for black. You know, oh, I know. Yeah. Well, but oh. in Ohio, they, they barely speak English. Oh, Pete, you're not here. <laughs> Pete, who normally does this with me, my wingman, is from Cleveland. Oh. And so he's crazy that he, he's uh, missing well, meeting I, you. From Toledo, which is worse. <laughs> wow. But uh, Where are you from, Michael? I don't even know this. Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Oh, wow. Nowhere okay. near. No, all right. Yeah. So uh, yes. anyway, so he finally uh, laid off doing that. Uh, he, did, he did after that? Yes, because uh, I said someone will beat you up. Okay, so now the other interesting thing is your father had nothing when he got here, correct? Well, he had me and my mother. No, but I mean, yeah. yeah. No, no, but no, I mean, no. He didn't, no, he didn't no. have money. No, they had uh, nothing. The uh, UGAA gave everyone, you know, a stipend and they uh, helped them find an apartment. Did they, I mean, my, my mother-in-law um, was a, uh, she was a nurse in the Jewish hospital in Berlin during the war through the whole thing. Really? And survived. Wow. Jewish woman, yeah, and uh, I have relatives that were in the camps as well too uh-huh. that survived. The rest of them, right. but the German government used to send her money. Right? Did, did they do that with? Yeah. Yes. So they got a little money. Yeah, my uh, parents got money, and my aunt and uncle, mm-hmm. who survived, they got money. But it wasn't enough to. No, but they had, and they had to work hard to get that money. Yeah. Oh, really? Did they? Oh, yeah. So now, how did your father? go from being a barber in a concentration camp? What, what happened? Well, uh, we came to Toledo, Ohio. What and why? 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 And that's say what, what I've they, been asking. Say what they called it. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> uh, after and everyone was now waiting to be deported and uh, my parents were with some of their other surviving uh, relatives and everyone's looking at their thing and one's going to New York. The other one's going to Chicago. Now, are they just picking these places randomly or because they know other family there? If or? they know families or if they get a uh, sponsor. Like, we had a sponsor. We didn't know anyone. That means, so who chooses... Uh, how does someone choose to be your sponsor? They uh, volunteer. And, oh. uh, so it's just a mix and match? It's right. not people you know? No. Okay. Because I would never have chosen to lead <laughs> Ohio. But who asks the six-year-old German baby anything anyway? <laughs> So uh, we get to Toledo. Do you speak English? At six months old. Oh, you're six months. I thought you said at six years old. No. You're six months old. If I was six years old, I would have had a little mustache. <laughs> no, no, I was six months old. Six months yeah, old. So nobody asks a six-month-old yeah. who no. doesn't even speak English. Yeah. So uh, we get to the airport, and mm-hmm. this is what my parents, my father, uh, the uh, woman says, what's the baby's name? He picks me up. This is really before roots up over his head. Shmoishe, <laughs> and the uh, woman, you know, of course, is Jewish. She says, "Not in this country." She said, "You can't." Uh, he says, "Why? This is his name." That's what she says. No. You Does can't. your father speak English? Very little. little. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she's uh, and she's trying to explain to him. You mm-hmm. know. 
you can't call them that. He doesn't know yet that there's a lot of anti-Semitism in Toledo. I mean, you know, it's not that long after the war. And Toledo's a small Midwestern. Toledo doesn't have a Jewish... Uh, not a big... I said when we got there, uh, my parents and I uh, doubled the Jewish population. <laughs> uh, no, no, I used to get beat up and, oh. you know, Jew boy. I mean, uh, I looked like... Uh, Gentile compared to what I used to look like. I had a huge nose and uh, big ears and big hair and was short and I wasn't a good athlete or a good student. I, I could just make people laugh to keep from killing me. And Is, was, that, was that how the funny happened? Was Yeah, defending myself. Uh, and I would make these bullies laugh. How, how did you did, did you have a moment of clarity that you realized that you were able to do that, or was it organic? You know, I just thought everybody could do that. Ah, <laughs> but it, was your father funny? Oh yeah, sarcastically oh, yeah. funny, mm -hmm. wickedly funny. Was your mother funny? Mean, 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 funny. Was she a good audience? Eh, sometimes mm -hmm. I I would like it when uh, I made her laugh and she had tears left her eyes. Mm -hmm because otherwise she didn't pay a lot of attention to me. Mm -hmm. She was very busy with her fingernails, mm -hmm. uh, getting them done all the time. And, uh, Wait, so how did, they ha how did she have money for fingernails? How did your father... He did uh, two jobs. At night, he worked as a, a janitor in a medical building, mm -hmm. and it was empty, and sometimes I'd go with him, and I loved being there with him. Because? And, because there were offices and tools and stuff, and. He would let me in. I was a little kid into the gynecologist's office, and I'd be on the, the uh, what is it, the bed, the thing, and I'd be playing with the stirrups. <laughs> I had no idea what these things were and what was nice. in there before. Uh, so, so yeah, then in the daytime, he worked as a barber. Okay. And he worked for someone. He got his license, but the guy would not let him cut hair. Again, this guy was anti-Semitic. An old guy who. Why did he hire him? He used him just to clean, and oh. he was selling his business pretty soon. Oh, I see. So he never let my father cut hair. He just made him sweep up, sweep mm. up. Called him a Jew all the time. Oh. And then, uh, so he's telling my father, "I'm selling the shop, so you'll have to find another job." A couple of days later, a real estate agent comes in. He says, "I have a buyer interested in your shop." Blah blah blah. He's how much he's going to offer, and he says, "Well, it's." Not the best price, but I. Well, he tells my father, "You better get your stuff and get out of here." Uh, next morning, my father comes into the shop, and the guy says, "What are you doing here?" He says, "I am the new owner." How did he have the money to do that? He had enough to make a down payment because, again, he worked as a janitor at night, wow, full time. You know, eight hours at night and eight hours in the day. I mean, we never saw him. You know. Oh really? Uh, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Even as we were older, and he made a lot of money. We still didn't see him much. You know, I mean, he didn't know any American sports, so I would beg him to play baseball. And he, mm -hmm. he didn't know that, but he knew how to play soccer. So we'd go out in front of the house. I knew it wasn't going to be a long game because he was wearing a suit. And so uh, he'd get the soccer ball, and he was a great son. Kick it up with the elbows on his head, <laughs> on his knees, you know. And then he'd look at his watch, and I saw he's got to go. He'd back up, and he'd kick that ball like two blocks away. Wow. And I'd go, I'll get the ball. And I picked up the ball and I'd come running back and I'd see his car driving away. Aww. And 
it just killed me. You know? what, did did he did they let them play ball in the camps? Like how did he learn how to do that? Well, I was a kid, you know. Before thirteen. Yeah, uh-huh. and they may have, uh, mm. you know. Yeah. Uh, I think they used to play charades and Trivial Pursuit. I don't know. <laughs> trivial Pursuit. They were like <laughs> Nazi Trivial Pursuit. Nazi Trivial Pursuit. Heimlich. Yeah. Oh wait. Okay. Who was the Fuhrer's tailor in 1939? <laughs> All right. So, so. So then you know. So he buys the shop. That's very industrious. Yes, he buys the shop, and then he wound up buying two more shops, and he owned three shops. Wow. And then uh, he wanted to get into real estate, so he bought an old apartment building, mm-hmm. and we were going to fix it up. Mm-hmm. And so it's like three, four stories in a bad neighborhood. So he takes me there because I was the oldest, mm-hmm. and we've got rollers and paint and stuff, and we're out there, you know, and it's a bad, and they're looking at us and. My father's, my father's got the uh, tie undone, but he's painting a building. So he looks at me, he says, let's go. I said, well, why, what is it? He said, this is not a job for Jews. He said, I have to go and hire some Goyan. Let's get out of here. And we ran with our sticks and rollers and brushes. I remember he used to go to this particular apartment building to collect the rent, uh-huh. and he'd take me with him. He says, you stay in the car. He said, don't turn off the motor goes out and I wait 10 minutes he comes running out of the apartment building he says I locked the door and he gets in the car we puts it in drive we take off he goes Phew. I said what was going they were going to shoot me can you imagine for the rent those son of a bitches <laughs> were going to shoot me for the rent and so he learned that it's not that easy you don't just come to America and take money from you know so then he had three barber shops and then he Wow. Um, uh, you know, start something. Old Do I hear something? Yeah, this is just me monitoring it. More oh, is it the is it the iPad? Oh, it's that. Okay. It's just to make I sure see. that we've got good sound. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. that was that, and uh, that's crazy. I have uh, two younger, only brothers, mm-hmm. only children, mm-hmm. uh, because. We never had a relationship. <laughs> yeah, two only no, children. It just dawned on me what you just said. <laughs> yeah. Well, we were like all only children. We didn't talk to each other. We had nothing to do with each other. Really? Yeah. Was there that big an age? Thing uh, five years. Well, that's not that brother. crazy. No, but I never liked them. Okay, uh, you know, Michael, I think we have to, yeah, because I, I can hear it. So I'm wondering if you guys can hear it. I don't know. I think I think the sound is good, right? Yeah, it sounds great. Uh, thank you that so sound? much. Michael was checking to make sure the sound is oh, coming, okay. that people can hear us. Can you guys, you guys can help Michael and tell us, tell him if, if you can hear okay, if everything is okay. Um, Put your headphones on. <laughs> so, so I know that, all right, so tell the, tell a quick version of the story of your brothers, because I want to get to you, which is much more compelling. Yeah. But. Well, I had two younger brothers and my father enabled them. Uh, he made a lot of money. So father. he makes a lot of money from having these three. No, no. Then he bought it, got into commercial real estate, and uh, they built. Uh, uh, they just built a few years ago a Bed Bath and Beyond in Toledo. So they they got into big commercial real estate. Uh, wow! So your father was a, your father was a smarty pants. He was a talker. He didn't know how to spell my name. Uh, he didn't know how to. Uh, really write in English, but mm-hmm. at, at math. So he wound up going into the real estate business with right. two partners, college graduates. One was a doctor, one was an architect. 
they go into a bank for a loan, mm -hmm. and they uh, and they say we want this much, this much for this percentage, and, this, and they'd all take out their adding machines. My father would sit there. <laughs> Three hundred and forty thousand dollars, and this, and you would pay this much uh, per month, and it would be this per, wow. just all in his head. Wow! So uh, he that's could, crazy. Yeah. Wow, that's um, okay. So, so your brother. So I had the two brothers. Yeah. Uh, the middle brother was a drug addict from the minute he said hello, and the. Well, okay, so were either of your parents did they have? Drug alcoholism or anything they didn't know no they couldn't understand when you have everything why you would want that drugs. yeah but your brother right away like he like he had the ism oh because i mean yes. i have the ism i'm sober but he od'd two years ago he was in his sober. 60s wow you know he never stopped he was never able to stop no and what was his drug of choice uh, well, he wound up being heroin. Mm -hmm. uh, he used to call me and say, That can't be easy in Toledo. No, he was living in France. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I guess it's he, easier there. Yeah, he, uh, what happened something's was... Something's whistling. Yeah. Something's, something's whistling. Do you still hear it? Yeah. I'm wondering if, if maybe the sound is on up here. Mm. Let's turn. You've it, just muted it, so that should go. fix that. Okay. Cool. Um, uh, he, uh, no, first he uh, lived, he... Mm -hmm became a big dealer. He went to school in Arizona. So did I. The Tucson? Yes. Oh, he probably sold you drugs. <laughs> he was a big drug dealer. He and he's very well might have. I'm 63. It sounds like he yes. went... Oh my God! What was his name? Ted. 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 He my had a dealer. nice house. <laughs> nice house with a pool and a red uh, Pontiac convertible. He had the best pot, Ted. He, he did. <laughs> no, yeah, he said to me, he said when I was there, he said, I want to show you. He takes me out to the it's a two and a half car garage and yeah. he opens the door. It's filled with pot. Oh, come on. Wall to wall, ceiling to ceiling. Oh. That he had people who brought it in from Mexico, which was right. That was the board. shit stuff. We used to smoke that. That was really the shit stuff. The well, Mexico stuff. Still, <laughs> I'm, I'm, like, I'm still trying to find where I hear, still hear whistling. Do you hear it? I'm, I'm still hearing it. I don't know where it's coming from. You're on mute, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know where it's coming from. All right. You, you okay. I don't hear it. No. Anyway, so he uh, got into drugs big time. Came to L.A. Uh, my father sent both my younger brothers. To L.A. to be actors, he said to me on the phone. He said, "Listen, what about you?" He said, "If you, no, I was already living. Oh, you were already, you were already working actor." So he said to me, "If you could be on the television, imagine how terrific the <laughs> brothers would be." And he didn't understand that that might hurt my feelings, and so he sent them both out. You know, make them an actor. He would always say, "Push them in, push them <laughs> in." He thought you just said, "Step over here and." <laughs> Uh, well, you were Spielberg's assistant. I mean, uh, yes, partner. Yeah, so. yeah. So he, that's what he did. And so I happened to be working at that time on a film mm -hmm. for the whole summer. So I got them work as extras. Wow, okay. Yeah, and they, I let them use my dressing room. Mm -hmm. You know, I told the ADs. Well, they, uh, the younger brother lasted uh, one night. We shot the movie at night. He didn't have a chair. He was upset. He didn't have a trailer. He was upset. And uh, so that night, when it was done, we all left. Next day, he didn't come back. He didn't call. He didn't call the AD. Mm. He just didn't come. Mm. And so I got shit, and I said, it's okay, I don't like him. You could not like him, too. <laughs> and my other brother, 
the drug dealer, mm -hmm. I would go back to my dressing room and the door was locked. And I'd bang on the door and the door would swing open and there were people piling out of my dressing room with, you know, powder <laughs> on their face. They looked like mimes, you know. <laughs> and I thought, That's, he's making more money than I am in my little dressing room. And so... Uh, that's so he, you know, and he met a lot of people. I <laughs> yeah. bet he did. He oh, had the he was to meet always the going to parties in Malibu, and one night he called us, delirious, telling us, uh, he said, "I'm sitting in my apartment with Billy Joel." I oh. said, "Really?" You know, he said, "Yeah, Billy Joel's here." You know, uh, he figured because uh, my brother figured because he's selling coke, Billy Joel will hang out with him. You know, and uh, it he, wasn't true. No. Guy's name wasn't even Joe. So, <laughs> so in other words, your brother had your father's gene of yes. storytelling. Yes. Story so you all were storytellers. You just used yours for good. Yes. <laughs> and, and his biggest storytelling, and I don't know if I ever told you, was, uh, you know, he was getting arrested for drugs. My father threw him out of Toledo. He actually, uh, my father threw him threw out, him out, out of, of the country. Threw him out of the country. He got him a one-way ticket to Israel. He said, you go there, you clean up, and if you want to come back. You know, they were, he was living in their house. They were scared to death. Oh, you know, my. he smoked at night. They oh. would smell smoke. So uh, he went to Israel one way, met a woman, uh, had a couple of kids. They got married. And then he calls my father and he says, Dad, I have a job. He says, not That's good. <laughs> what kind of a job did you get? My father, you know. Yeah. My brother says, I'm a doctor. And my father thinks, he says, yeah, you're a doctor. You need a doctor. <laughs> he says, no. What, what? I got a job as a doctor? He, yeah. He said, no, Dad, really. I have a job as a doctor. He said, what do you mean you have a job? He said, it's not like you go into a department store. Hey, I want to sell men's clothes. <laughs> It's a doctor. <laughs> he says, what kind of a doctor? Yeah. My brother says, a psychiatrist. <laughs> my father says, of course, a psychiatrist. So, I'm spilling on myself. I'm <laughs> laughing so hard. My father was thrilled because he didn't have to pay for medical school. He didn't no have medical to pay. school. He just went under it. He, my father said to him and to me, he said, he's going to look like he bought him a little chateau outside of Paris. He bought it for him? Yes. Wow. Uh, bought him suits. Wait, I thought suits. he's in Israel. Well, he... Uh, he's got, now well, in Paris. Yeah, because they were chasing him, you know. <laughs> uh, so, uh, bought him a chateau, bought him a nice... He dressed him up like a doctor, even though he had track marks all up and down his arm. Wow. And he was, he was losing weight. He looked horrible, but he was dressed well. Uh, my father rented him an office on the Champs Elysees, wow. and I saw it. I saw. I mean, your father really decided to run. Have a with, doctor, yes. He had to have a son who's a doctor. Well, he wanted one that was a doctor, one, one was, was a lawyer, and, one and was whatever Spielberg's. I wanted to be, you know. Spielberg's so, partner. Yes, yeah, partner. Uh, Dad, do we owe you any money? Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, uh, and he could just throw money at all of this because he had that much. He had made that much money. Yes, he wow. did. Although he uh, squeezed me, he made me uh, struggle uh, because I wouldn't go to work for him. You know, my two brothers both worked for him in real estate. No, uh, the younger one did. The uh, other one worked. My father opened a restaurant for him in Toledo. It would be his 
to work. And he, uh, within a few weeks, stole the place blind. They had to close it, and it was done. Mm -hmm. So my father, you know, threw him out of the country, uh, and he went to France. Uh, oh, no, he went to Israel, met his wife. They got married in Israel, and her family lived in France. And my brother also said, well, that's where the big doctors are, Paris. <laughs> of course. So he got a house and a thing. Jesus! His patients were... Uh, uh, mainly Americans who lived in Paris, and they all no. Wait a minute. He had real patients. Yeah. Because he treated he, people. He treated people. They came. How would he write a prescription? Uh, he did. Uh, <laughs> he would call another doctor. <laughs> he uh, so they and they were drug addicts. Their problems were addictions, and he would tell them, uh, take out all the drugs, put it on the table here. He treated for fifty-five minutes. At the end of the day, he had a shitload of drugs. He locked that door, and there were times he didn't come home for two days. Wow. He'd be in his office. Wow. And then, and you know, the wife couldn't take it anymore. It's Paris, it's France. They she wasn't a drug addict? Not at all. Not at no. all. Which was uh, shocking. This and is a crazy, kid, I still And his it. kids are not either. His kids don't uh, do it, you know. His kids don't do it. No. And they had one bathroom, you know, it's France, they're not allowed. They had one bathroom in the whole house. The kids would come down to get ready for school. Uh -huh. Every morning they opened the door, and there was my brother lying on the floor, tied off. Oh, jeez. They would call their mother, jeez. and the mother would drag him out and kind of park him behind the couch so the kids could get ready for school. I mean, he was oh, such a mess. He drove cars into trees. He drove them, you know. He had dozens of single car accidents, him hitting himself, hitting a tree, hitting, you know. All right, I, this, this, I, I mean, I could, I could sit and listen, you know, it's like the car wreck, you know, I want, that you can take the, but I, I want to talk about you, I want to find out what's going on. So, you're not any of those things, you're not, you're not, you're not, you're lying for a living, I mean, you're telling stories. So, right. so, so you're a little kid in Toledo, you're getting beat up, Right. you know you're funny, so yeah. what are you doing with it when you're a kid? Um, Aside from getting out of trouble. Uh, I fantasized that Jerry Lewis was my father. Aww. Aww. Uh, little did I know he was much worse than my father. So mm. I've heard. Oh. So, but I loved him. Mm. You know, I went to see his movies and I would do him and go to school and walk like him and talk like Okay, him. so what did your comedy look like when you were a kid? So you were doing impression of Jerry Lewis? I was doing impressions. I was doing the Ed Sullivan show. I and you do everybody? I do everyone. Jack Benny, mm -hmm. uh, Ed Sullivan. I, I was doing Jack Benny once in class and I said something about a lobster in my belly and the teacher stopped my act. She said, <laughs> we don't say belly in class. What? <laughs> He said, that's not, uh, that's not right. I said, no, I didn't know. I didn't get the memo. You can't say belly. That's the most she said, thing. She said, I, I, think, I think she just wanted to shut me down. Right. I think we've had enough. You know, People are coming and going, and these glasses were found in the Sahara Desert, and they were worn by Lawrence of Arabia. I came in, and I did impressions and did jokes, and that's also the only way I could attract girls. And did it work? For it did, some stupid it? girls, yes. It, it worked. It did work. Uh, and so were you doing like school plays and stuff like that? I did all the school plays. All the school plays. Uh, my parents never came to see 
fun. Oh, please stop. See, this continues the, the beatdown that I got. You know, I, I, I tell them, when we got here, it was not like, I'm free, I'm in America. It was now my Holocaust started. You know, the kids were horrible. They used to uh, block my locker. They used to knock oh. me down. And I would embarrass them. I'd say, look, look at how big I am. I'd say, that girl, come over. And I'd, I'd be doing a show. Come on, you want to beat me up? You know, go ahead, take a hit. I embarrassed them. And so they didn't beat me up, but they pushed me around, you know. But, uh, so but that had to be hard to oh, murder to walk around with. It was. It was, you know. Uh, and they, like I said, they were anti-Semitic. They called me kike. They called me Jew. Oh. They used to call my house and call me... Uh, Ask my father, he'd answer, and they'd say, is Hitler there? And he'd get so upset, and I said, no, 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 they like me, that's why they call me Hitler. So, don't get angry at them. It was horrible. Oh, <laughs> you know? Lord. It was horrible. So, how did you break out of that prison? I left. When, I, uh, when did you leave? I, I got in uh, on an airplane wearing my cap and gown from graduating, and got the hell out of there. Where'd you go? New York. I know you did. Yeah. And you, and okay, so tell it. So, so tell I get us. to New York yeah. and uh, I uh, was. You had money? You fought, has your father yes. given you money? Yeah. I, we made a deal. I uh, went to, I said, I'll try college for a semester and you'll pay for it. And if it doesn't go well, you'll pay for it. He said, okay, well. Where'd you go to school? Ohio University. Okay, before you went to New York. Okay, I yes. gotcha. And I was there for about three weeks. I couldn't get thrown out of there soon. I, all I did was drink, you know, oh. drink. So uh, my father said, okay. So he sent me, and uh, uh, it was amazing to walk around in Manhattan and see Jews. I mean, to see Jews out in the street. I, this is so crazy. The only me. place you saw Jews in Toledo was the temple or the deli, you know. And I'd be walking around, I was like, Jews! <laughs> I'm home! I'm home! I'm going around, you're a Jew? I'm a Jew. We're all Jews. Jews. And they looked at me, you know, but it, it was just such a different feeling. Wow. Not feeling alienated. Feeling, I, I fit in. Wow. Look at his nose, it's like my nose. Oh my God, Jews, you know. And I loved it. And, wow. Uh, and so, so what'd you do when you, when you got there? I stayed at the Martinique Hotel which is on Broadway and 32nd Street. Okay. It was, a known, of, it was known for hookers and Scientologists. <laughs> oh, that's a good combination. That's what I thought. I didn't know what either one was, you know. And uh, uh, so they kept trying to convince me to uh, join Scientology. Mm -hmm. And I said, no, I have a personality. Uh, but, uh, and then my first night there, I was walking down Times Square. Mm -hmm. I wanted to see a play. It was a, a matinee day. Wednesday or mm -hmm. so. And there was a play, and they still had some uh, orchestra seats in the front row for the matinee. So I bought mm -hmm. one ticket, mm -hmm. and they said it's very close to the stage, your mm -hmm. chin, and mm -hmm. the show was hair. Oh, I didn't naked know. people on the stage! I saw naked, not only did I see Jews, <laughs> I saw pussy! <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed. You're allowed to say it. Pussy! <laughs> anyway, yeah. I was wow. sitting on the, My chin was on the stage, oh and suddenly they all took their clothes off, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> and, I let, and I was dressed just the way you think, with uh, uh, 
blue blue blazer and khaki pants and saddle shoes. No, I wouldn't have thought that. Well, the next day I went down to the village uh, and got the bell bottoms, the uh, wire rims, and <laughs> uh, I wanted to be in here except I couldn't sing. Okay. And I wouldn't be naked. Yeah. So there was nothing much left for me yeah. to do except wait for the girls after the show and say, "Let's rehearse that scene again." <laughs> so, so what did you do? So. Uh, the first school I went to was the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. Mm-hmm. That's what uh, I went and I auditioned to get into that school and I got in and so, uh, but my father never believed I would stay. So he wouldn't get me an apartment and I spent uh, like two years in that hotel. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was his punishment. You know, mm-hmm. again, not going to give in totally. You know, just make it really tough for you. Well, was it tough to be in a hotel? You had maid service. That's not so bad, right? No, but it was like the oh, it wasn't my nice. neighbor was like ninety eight who had lived in the hotel since it was built. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, it's it was a residential hotel. Yeah, yeah. and uh, but it was you know, I had my own place mm-hmm. in the middle of the city, mm-hmm. and I had just gotten there. And guess what? This summer is Woodstock. And oh so my. it was August, and uh-huh. uh, so I thought, wow, there's this rock and roll festival. I think I'm going to go to this Woodstock. <laughs> you know, and Holy again, I had just shit. gotten there from Toledo. That's 50 years ago. This is the anniversary. Yes, yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm watching on the news, and they're going, millions of people are coming you know, on the helicopters, and I'm going, well, when I get there, I will find a bed and breakfast. You know, I'm thinking this is like civilized. <laughs> I can take a Greyhound bus up to the town mm-hmm. and find and go and check in. And I'm packing. I have this little suitcase and I have my khakis and my blue blazer unfolding. No, you're not taking a blazer. Look, I just came from Toledo. And I'm thinking, well, I guess in the evening for dinner I can wear a blue blazer. And I'm packing. And now I'm watching. And I had a TV, black and white, this yeah. big. Uh-huh. And they're saying on the news, don't come to Woodstock. Millions of people here. The roads are blocked. Mm-hmm. And without even looking up, I took the sport jacket out and took the pants out and thought, I'm not going to this. There are too many people. Where am I going to sit? You know. So um, Such a Jew. You're not kidding. I was looking for a bed and breakfast in Woodstock. You know. Excuse me, coming through. Suede shoes. Suede bucks. So... Um, in the mud, it would have been very nice, those suede bucks. Yeah, yeah, and the sport jacket. Yes. <laughs> but anyway, so I didn't go. Mm-hmm. But uh, then there was a contingency of some guys, you know, kids, mm-hmm. students from Toledo. Mm-hmm. And they were very smart, and they went to NYU. They also had every kind of drug you could imagine. They had. Were you into, you said you were drinking in, in high school. Were you into drugs when you got to New York? Because it was the day. Of... Only as much as I could get my hands on. I was, you know, I mean, uh, before I left Toledo, I had had maybe two hits of a joint my whole life. Uh You know, I like, I had gone to New York to visit my cousin and he said, you ever smoke pot? And I said, what? And so we went in the basement Mm -hmm. and he lit up this joint and I I don't feel anything, of course. (laughs) And so now I go back home to Toledo and I'm thinking, I'm probably the only guy in this school that ever smoked pot. Come on, guys. Come on. Who's a little schmuck now? You know. And so, uh, yeah, oh, I did acid. I did mescaline. I smoked pot, tons of pot. And uh, so they, these guys would get, uh, I don't know how, uh, would get acid and mescaline. They had a huge 
bowl, mm-hmm. and every weekend you'd come by their dorm and pick out something. They also had a stack of tickets to the Fillmore. Oh, God, I went to the Fillmore. Oh. So did I. They would hand them out to whoever came. You'd wow. Ticket. Oh, you'd sit there, and it was like love and peace. And the then, Fillmore was like the best concert place I've ever been to in my life. Oh, yeah. It was it like was right small. in the 60s. It know. was, yeah, and it was it, like, and weird. They, like, I saw, I don't know, like the Allman Brothers and right. Jethro Tull, you know, like right. crazy mm-hmm. bands yeah, I saw in the, this the little. Chambers group. Brothers. Yeah. Uh, they used to have, now uh, uh, I can't, Richie, uh, Havens. Richie Havens lived in the East Village, so he would ride his bicycle onto the stage <laughs> with a, a guitar on his back, and Bill Graham would say, do 20 minutes. Wow. He would play, you'd cut him off, you'd get on his bike and ride out. That's crazy. And so it was peace and love, and then the lights came up, and it was the dregs. Hmm. The people lying there were on acid. And, mm. uh, yeah. But I had, a, you know, I had great conversations with girls on acid. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah. Okay, so I still hear it. This talking coming from somewhere. It's making me cry. I have no idea where it's coming from. Interesting. It's not this thing? I, it, well, you definitely muted that. It's still on mute. And I okay. can tell you that... Um, Is that my phone doing it? I don't think so. I put it on like silent. Something really? over there. Yeah, that's I, what I, I thought. I'm, I'm, here, I'm hearing it. It's not your phone. It's definitely not definitely your phone. Definitely not my phone. I can also tell you that none of the people who've responded to you asking have said this. They basically say, we don't hear it. No they worries. They don't hear we it? Correct. Okay, so if, if they yeah. don't hear it. I just, you're hearing it, right? I'm not crazy. Little. You I'm hear it as well. Are you sure yeah. it's not a, the voice of doubt in no. one of your heads? <laughs> All the <laughs> time. The voice of doubt. doubt. Um, so, all right, so let's get to the career. So we, we've done so, drugs. Oh, yeah, so I did that. Well, yeah, did lots of drugs and mescaline and Quaaludes and oh, it was great. But also, we didn't know then. It really right. was experimenting. Yeah, I mean, I was, I'm of your generation. My first acid trip was in the East Village, and I'm looking out the window at a church at a steeple, and I hear yeah. some people come in. Uh-huh. I hear the door slam, and I turn around, and it's like four or five people, and one of them is a midget, <laughs> and he's like that tall. And yeah. I, I, I remember, I flip out, and mm-hmm. I said, Someone's fallen through the floor. And I, you know, I thought he, and I go and I kept picking him up. And they said, put him down. And I said, what happened to his legs? You know, I mean, I was like out of my mind. And then uh, we started doing acid like every weekend. All right, so let's get to. So there, acting, there's, there's a so, good part of this story. Why this is not good? This well, no, no, I mean, no, it was great. It I had was a great time. But we don't want to encourage the youth of America. No, that, that was I you're mean, talking 60 years ago. Don't do drugs. They're not as good as they were 60 years ago. Actually, they're better right here. I wouldn't know, but I don't know. Well, the pot, Michael, tell us. I I wouldn't know. Good. The, the pot was bad. You know, yeah. you'd get a. The a, pot was shit. You'd get a uh, lid. Yeah. Uh, oh, wait, sticks, $10. Yeah, sticks and seeds. <laughs> yeah. And by the time you cleaned it out, you maybe had one joint. You know? A lid was like, it was, I don't know what a measurement was. It wasn't measurement. an ounce. It wasn't, I don't know it what was it was. It was just a bag of sticks. It was a bag of shit, is what up. it was. So I wanted to do uh, <laughs> stand up. And so I thought, well, I'll go down to the village. Okay, so, ha- so you knew you were funny. Yes. You had gone to American Academy of Dramatic Arts. Yes. And. I'm going to be a stand-up comedian? Did you have an act? Did you have... No, I uh, stole an act and I oh. made up the rest. Who'd you steal it from? Uh, at that time, it was uh, called... Uh, 
It was a Chevy Chase. Yeah. It was called uh, something tunnel. It was sort of like uh, a Kentucky Fried movie. Uh, yes, mm-hmm. same thing. But this was before then. Mm-hmm. So they did a thing uh, where they did a clown who would go and tell the kids to get the money. You're talking about before Saturday Night Live? Oh yeah. Yeah. Way before yeah yeah. I didn't know about Chevy Chase before Saturday Night Live. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And so I stole material from that and then, mm-hmm. uh, whatever I just yeah I never. And still don't write, like to write down stuff I'm going to do. So uh, I went So out. you were improvising from the get-go? Yeah, except for the stuff that I stole. No, except for the stuff. <laughs> That's right. I was, uh, <laughs> I did have some honor. But, uh, <laughs> but the thing for you me... Are, so you, you, did a, you, went, you, you stayed on book, you like... A little bit, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sometimes <laughs> if the improvised stuff wasn't working, I'd go back to... Right. Mm-hmm. They're professional writers, it's got to work, you know. Uh, so I started going to the village and the village gate and uh, the bitter end. The bitter end. That's where I went mm. a lot, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, because the the big standups were still going there, Cosby, George Carlin, Woody Allen used to. Was, yeah. that, was Woody Allen still in that time? I I didn't see him then. Mm-hmm. Did you see was, those other guys? Yeah, George Carlin. Wow. Uh, would sit backstage with him, would mm-hmm. smoke a joint, and mm-hmm. Bill Cosby. Excuse me. He uh, he was looking for the next new comic, and he was having auditions at the bitter end. So there were only about six or seven thousand people there. So looking for someone to go on the road with him and open for him or something. No one really knew. Maybe it was just someone to drug and and, and, and rape. Rape. Yeah, <laughs> drug and rape. <laughs> Thank goodness that my ass was hairy. But oh anyway, so yeah, yeah. so uh, that's what he did. He just had people go up one after another, wow. one after another. Did anybody get work out of it? No. No. Maybe uh, got something stuck in their ear, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, no. Mm-hmm. But you got to meet these guys, and you got to see people starting out. How and how were you doing as a startup stand-up comic? I was doing okay, but it, it wasn't enough for me, you know. Which is why I love, you know, the improvisation, doing the. So scenes. how did so how did that happen? So. Uh, so yeah, so we were. Doing Wait, so are you getting more stage time? Are you are you getting good at it? Yeah, you're getting yeah, good at it. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting confident. You know? Uh huh. So uh, there was an ad in one of the papers backstage. Right. One of those. Some guy was starting an improv group. So I went, and a bunch of people went, and we kept going back, and he kept narrowing it down, and finally it was like five people. Mm-hmm. One of them was Carol White. You know Carol White. Do I know Carol White? Yes, Jesse White's daughter. I know Jesse White. I don't know yeah. Carol White. You don't know Carol's uh, Carol White, Jesse's daughter? I don't think so. Oh, I thought for sure she came to this. Uh-uh, I don't know Carol. Well, there she, you go. she was there. <laughs> she was there. Yeah, she uh-huh. was there, and finally it was down to five of us. Mm-hmm. And uh, the guy, you know, the guy didn't, uh, we were rehearsing in his apartment, and mm-hmm. He didn't know what, and people kept dropping out. And, and meanwhile, your father's supporting you? Is that how you're doing this? Yeah, he's helping me because okay. I was still going to school. As long as I went to school. American Academy, you're still yeah. there? Oh. Yeah. Because well, I know you studied to... with Miser. Was that later? That was at the neighborhood playhouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was that later? Yeah. Yeah, that's when I went to school with Goldblum and. Uh, Jeff Goldblum, yeah. the fly. Yeah. Jeff Goldblum, the fly. And so. Uh, he was a young fisher then, too? He was, yeah, younger than the rest of them. And unknown? He just came from Pittsburgh. Okay. How known could he have been? You know? Not known. And uh, yeah, he was younger than the rest of us, mm-hmm. but he 
got through it because he was so tall. <laughs> and uh, we became friends. We were just, you know, such oddballs. And uh, He was Jewish. He was Jewish. He was tall. And uh, I took him on a lot of acid trips. Those were his first and I think last acid trips. <laughs> That's nice that you turned Jeff Goldblum on. I I wanted him to know what he'd be missing because I knew he was straight. So, Mm -hmm. uh, and then he and I took acid once, and we were out walking around in Brooklyn. We got lost and went into a pizza place, and they were playing music, and he and I were like uh, miming this music, and I sort of stepped out of myself, thought. We were, we were like out of our fucking minds. He's, no one is looking at us. Love the one you're with me. <laughs> but he really knew how to play. I mean, he really oh, knows yes. how to play. Right. Yeah. And we both ate burning pizza, our mouth, mm-hmm. uh, skin oh. hanging out. And uh, so, you know, it was, it was a great time to be in New York. I was so glad. It was before the big renovation started. I lived on the Upper West Side between Columbus and Central Park, mm-hmm. and Columbus was the scariest street. Yeah. It was pitch black, it was all uh, reupholstering stores. Mm-hmm. So at, at night, when you got off the subway, those black. stores were pitch black. Mm-hmm. And I never knew, is that a chair or someone sitting? <laughs> uh, and I would just run to yeah. the subway. Then I had a five floor run up, and uh, I would be, you know. So how did things start changing for you? Um, we, uh, 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 I was still doing, uh, comedy in the, uh, village. I met this other guy, this guy, he was a manager and he was a big manager at that time. He managed uh, the Ace Trucking Company. Fred Willard was just Fred on Willard, last yeah, week. Fred, Fred started the Ace Trucking that's Company. That's right. I knew that's where Hell, I knew Fred. That you knew Fred back then? Right. Billy Saluga and, uh, oh, wow. Patty. Deutsch, was it mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, the big guy, I can't remember his name, he died. Uh, yeah. Uh, so they were down there. <clears throat> this manager saw me and this other guy, mm-hmm. and he said he'd like to handle us. And But he said uh, he wants to come back in three, four months and see if we're still here. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, right. he said he's taken right. on the come. So we were good, two guys. So the guy I was working with decides... Show business isn't for him anymore. <laughs> he goes back to Connecticut, and I swear, uh, gets his old job back in the meatpacking plant. Oh wow! He would have rather have done that than, you know. This was, was it fear? What 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 was it? I guess so. Mm-hmm. You know, and he was like a kind of a big fat guy, and I was a little skinny guy, and we were funny together, you know. And uh, but when suddenly we had a shot, like you know. A manager. He ran away. Jeez. Wow. So now what do you do? You don't have your partner anymore. No, so I go. that's when I decided to go, well, let's go back to school, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, as long as I was in school, my father would... Okay. Yeah. So I went to 18 schools, Strasbourg, <laughs> Carnegie Tech. I went, mm. No, uh, I just uh, went to school and then, you know, started looking for jobs, you know, commercials, uh, uh, agents. Were you getting work? No. Okay, so what? What? How did that turn? Was it was the Groundlings next, or did you start? No. To work? So there, uh, I uh, did this off-Broadway show mm-hmm. that was done at the Guggenheim. Oh there's wow! A, there's a theater downstairs. I didn't know that. Yeah, in the mm-hmm. basement. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, it was a real hippie show. 
<laughs> the producers were the guys that produced hair. And I told Mc, them... Uh, what's it? Uh, McDermott. Dalt, yeah, McDermott. Dalt McDermott. Dalt McDermott, yeah. Right, mm-hmm. right. And uh, I thanked them for supplying the first pussy I ever saw, you know, and, uh, so, and I had long hair, so they hired me, and uh, I started doing that, and then uh, I thought, I'm, I'm going to go to L.A., and did, but the So was the dream to be in film and TV, or was the dream still to do live theater? What, what was the dream? The dream was to be an actor and to do things that I like, you know, uh, I, my dream was to be a second banana. I didn't want to be the star. I was objective enough to know this is a character face. Uh, I, I don't want to be a leading man. Uh, I want to come in and do some funny and leave. Mm-hmm. And that's it. You know, I don't want to carry a show. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's like uh, my son got the job I wanted. You know. Mm-hmm. So, For those of you who don't know. Um, Simon Helberg is Sandy's son. <laughs> I like it like that better. There you go. There that, you go. That's right. That's He's right. The Big son. Bang is his son. That's the way that well, goes. Well, it's my son's show. <laughs> and it's my nothing. I have nothing for the show. But anyway, so he... So that's, that's the, that's, that would have been the career you would have chosen if you could have... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I wanted to be, a sit, to be in a sitcom. Mm-hmm. That's really where... I knew uh, my strength would be, and uh, and at that time, no actors wanted to be in sitcoms. Really? They, they all wanted to be movie stars. Mm. You know, that was like the late 60s, early 70s, and you, I, I don't know if you remember, but also at that time, actors who did movies didn't do TV. Oh, absolutely. Oh. This is brand new. This is very new. Last five, ten years, right? Right, right. Yeah. And so... Netflix has made it cool to cross over and stuff. Right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah... Uh, Actors who were in movies would not do TV. Mm-hmm. So I did have a lot of work. And then when it started to change a little bit, and those actors who only did movies were not getting so much work, they started doing TV. They mm-hmm. started doing the level that I was doing. So I got pushed down. You know, they were a bigger name than I was. I see. So they got... So how did the TV work start? Like, oh wait, didn't you do the Groundlings before you doing TV? Uh... Yeah, yeah. I, so then I came to L.A. and someone told me about this group that had just started. And, I and went, this was, was this back when Tracy knew yeah, and Tracy Lynn knew Stewart? Yeah, Lynn wasn't was even in it. Not yet. at the beginning, right. Okay. Phyllis Katz and Gary. And, mm-hmm. uh, so uh, I went and it was in a tiny theater, had uh, 35 seats. And uh, Gary and I talked a little bit and I said, so what do I have to do if I want to get into the group? He said, uh, you have $45? I said, yeah. He said, welcome to the ground. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and, and he had originally told me there were 45 seats, and I found out there were only 35. Mm. I said, I would never have <laughs> I never would have given the, you my $45. For those 10 <laughs> seats that you took away from me. And, you know, we just understood each other, and he was so free. He was so... Uh, you know, he didn't make it intense, mm. and uh, he really sort of guided you. He didn't lead you, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. He guided me into the improvisation that's what we're doing now, most people. Right. And so... Uh, did you did you know that form when you got there, or did you learn it on uh, your... Well, uh, I knew the, the 
I sort of knew the format, uh-huh. uh, but his was much more specific. Mm-hmm. And it was the way the groundlings are. When he died, he had started teaching a different form, a much more subtle, low-key form, not such physical shtick. Mm-hmm. And I loved doing, you know, mm-hmm. the physical stuff. And uh, so, yeah, so I started getting work once I was in the show. Mm-hmm. And the first job I got was the Lily Tomlin special. Wow. With uh, Lorraine Newman and uh, uh, Was Lil, so Laffin had already come and gone. She was already yes. a, a star. Yes. Yes. And uh, uh, Lauren Michaels was one of the producers. Oh, wow. mm-hmm. Asshole. Is this so, before Lorraine got Saturday Night Live? Yeah. This is it before is. Saturday yeah, yeah. Night Live, mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, Lorraine and I did a scene together. She was a the Shiksa goddess, and I was the Jewish guy from Flushing, Queens. We were married, <laughs> and we were as compatible as, uh, you know, <clears throat> fire and ice. Mm-hmm. And she would make fun of my parents, and we would talk. Tracy played the uh, marriage counselor, mm-hmm. and um, and it was a funny scene. So they came, and they want uh, Lily wanted both of us. Mm-hmm. Warren didn't want me. He told them I was too Jewish. Well, playing a guy named Morris Potemkin, you know, who's Jewish as he can be. And too Jewish. Yeah. I, yeah. So we went and did the. Sh- we went to the. Uh, they were filming the show, and we had the thing with all of our characters, and I was dressed as my character. And mm-hmm. Lord Michaels came out and walked over to me. And said, "What are you doing?" <laughs> I said, "A show." Yeah. He said, "I'll be right back." So he went over and he talked to Lily and her partner, Irene Penn and Jane Wagner, mm-hmm. and said he didn't want the character in the show. They loved the character. And they told him. They just outvoted him. They said, Wow. We, which is why he never liked me. Mm. Wow. Uh, which uh, he, uh, so we did the. Character. You had your shot at Saturday Night Live? Uh, no, after that. He because you just didn't, because he wouldn't give you a shot. No. Yeah. He yeah. was a, a self loathing Jew. Mm-hmm. You know, he, uh, uh, he, he was so. Yet his real name was Lauren Leibowitz. <laughs> That's his real name. Wow. So, you know, he was taking people from the Groundlings at that time who I worked with. And I knew, you know, I didn't expect anything. I, like Phil Hartman, when he went, mm-hmm. he said uh, uh, during high Not age, a Jew. No, but he would talk to uh, Lauren Michaels. And Lauren Michaels, that was his excuse. It's too Jewish, even though they had John Lovitz and, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, he's one of those guys. And so whenever we would talk about the Groundlings, like at a reunion, mm-hmm. I was the first one to speak out against Lauren Michaels. <laughs> the Groundlings after Saturday Night Live, it became a factory. Mm-hmm. That's all people wanted to do. Go to the Groundlings, it'll get you yeah, on Saturday, Saturday Night Live. Because Lorraine Newman came out of the Groundlings, and she was in the original cast of Saturday Night Live. Got it. Yeah, right. yeah. Thank you. So, uh, so that's what it was. That, and people were, now it wasn't fun. They were pushy. They were... You know, people were trying to upstage each other. Mm. And so uh, I would leave and come back and leave and come back. I saw you in a show there a few years ago. Probably. Yeah, yeah. I did. Yeah, we had uh, we have reunion shows, mm-hmm. and then we had shows with Gary's group, and then uh, I did my solo show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, I was, uh, you know, I was always afraid to do a solo show, but it was Gary who dragged it out of me. Because we would just sit and I would tell them stories, mm-hmm. and uh, so. Okay, so let's tell some stories. So, so let's talk about <laughs> you and Mel. Talk about Mel Brooks. How did how did that happen for you? 
Uh, Mel. Mel. Did you know, uh, or do you know who Jack Riley was? No. An actor. He was on Newhart. He played Mr. Carlin. Uh-huh. Guy, you know, and he was in all of Mel's movies. And he, I knew him. He lived near us, and he came to see me at the Groundlings, and he said, uh, would you like to meet Mel Brooks? And I said, it's too Jewish. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like the Nazi humor. So I said, yes. So like a week later, I get a call from Mel's office. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mel would like to meet, well, his, they all talked like that in his office, like him. They all, and they said, uh, he'd like to come in Wednesday. But I go to his office, and his office is the size of Grand Central Station. Oh, wow. I opened the door to go into his office, and I thought, this is like a quarter mile. <laughs> Wait, what has he already done when you met him that he's so uh, successful already? He did Blazing Saddles. Oh, he this is after Young okay. Frankenstein. Okay, so this is after uh, that, yeah. The, the first one that I did uh, then was High Anxiety. Oh. So uh, he, uh, we just started talking. Mm-hmm. You know, he's very Hamish. You just feel very comfortable with him. And... Uh, I said something to him. He started laughing. I said, I can go now. And I got up. He said, where are you going? Where are you going? Mm-hmm. I said, I made Mel Brooks laugh. I don't need to be in shape. <laughs> Sit down. Don't be stupid. Look. He said, you came here for a small part. I like you. I'm going to give you a bigger small part. <laughs> I said, really? He said, yeah, don't ask. You'll find out. You'll call, we'll call you. You'll come. And then, and then, and then You didn't even audition for him. Never auditioned mm. for him. It was just a conversation. Wow. There wasn't really any dialogue in that character. Whatever I did say, I improvised. Right. And then he had me come back for uh, um, History of the World. Mm. And the same thing. There was no audition or anything. He trusted me. He knew I could improvise. So uh, he had me play Einstein. <laughs> we had a two-hour makeup with a mustache. And we were supposed to be uh, skating and singing. Nice. Well, they had doubles for the skating. They right. couldn't get a double for me singing. I am the worst singer. <laughs> worst. So we went in to record the songs. Mm-hmm. Jackie Mason was there, too, because he did a song. Jackie so, did a song? He did a song, He yeah. probably was right there with you as one of the worst singers of all time, I'm guessing. Oh, he was yeah. worst. <laughs> <laughs> His song was, it was during the... Uh, Inquisition, Inquisition, right. This song was, I'm sitting chicken, I'm sitting flicking chickens, and in through the, the, these goys, they break down my walls. You know? I think they enhanced his singing. Oh. So it turns out they cut that whole thing out. Mel didn't oh. like it. But he called me and he said, uh, you can be in the, uh, uh, the Last Supper. So when he comes in, I'm sitting at the head of the table with the beard and the thing, and had the scene there but the great thing was he just was such a mensch Mel he would try and hook people up mm-hmm. and uh, he wanted me to do that scene because John Hurt was mm-hmm. in it and he played Jesus mm-hmm. so uh, you know it was that thing uh, he, he Mel would come in okay who's ready to order no we're not ready and he'd go Jesus and he'd go yes yeah. <laughs> what <laughs> alright you guys ready to order not yet oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they did that joke over and over again. And so um, uh, at the end, it was just so much fun. And Art Metrano, you know who he is? Da, 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 oh, yeah, da, da, sure, da, da. of course. Yeah, he fell off the roof. He can't walk. Very silly. You know that? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. 
So okay. he came in as Leonardo. He's going to paint the Last Supper. So they have a painting of the Last Supper that I'm in. So I have this picture. Aww. And uh, so after we were done that night, uh, we're walking out to our dressing room. Mm -hmm. uh, I we realized John Hurt and I we have like a, a huge uh, adjoining dressing rooms, you know, that they put a thing in between. Mm -hmm. So I go in mine. He goes in his, and then he knocks on the curtain. He says, "Can I have a drink?" I said, why not? And so I opened the curtain and the bottles like fall out. You know, uh, I guess he'd been drinking all day. Wow. Uh, you know, so uh, I went over there and we drank and talked and I just kept looking at him thinking, it's elephant man, it's elephant. Really, to be in the presence of such a great actor. I mean, Mel would have me come to the set and sit around with Dom DeLuise and Aww. Ron Carey and Shecky Green Aww. because, you know... Uh, he liked you. He liked me. He Did he like me. you because you were too Jewish? Maybe. <laughs> he liked me because I was very Jewish. So, so there, was one, uh, there was one place where being too Jewish, Jewish was that, good. That's right. Yeah. That's right. No. And, uh, uh, so, and then I came back and did... Uh, the last one was uh, Spaceball, oh. right, where I played the doctor. Mm -hmm. So when we <laughs> sort of job. Right, rehearsed it, I was sort of, I had an intonation that sounded a little like Groucho. So Mel said... You looked a little like Groucho, actually. Yeah. So Mel said, why don't you do it as Groucho? I said, no, 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 I don't do... No, no, go back, tell makeup to do the thing. I said, please, I don't want to... <laughs> you know, if I have an inflection, I'm not married to doing it, you know. Uh, so I uh, talked to Rick, uh, uh, I can't remember anyone, uh, Moranis. Mm -hmm. I said, look, oh, Rick he's, Moranis, yeah. Yeah. I said, you got to help me talk now. I don't want to do Groucho. So uh, Rick goes up to him with me and he says, Mel? He says, yes, what is it, boys? He said, he's not going to do Groucho. Mel said, okay, that's fine with me. You know, it's okay. Well, he was the star of the movie. And, wow. Uh, uh, but it, it uh, uh, so at the end of my scene, when mm -hmm. my caddy and I were walking out, mm -hmm. I tell uh, Rick Moranis, okay, I'm going to go home, I'm going to have to bill you. And I said, I'm going to go home and, uh, uh, what did I say, uh, not polish my balls, uh, <laughs> wash my balls, something like that. Yeah. I'm going to go home and wash. Oh, so Mel liked it, and he said he wants Rick to say it. <laughs> he said, well, he's the lead, you know, we got to give him the last line. I said, okay, if I come up with something that you like uh, when we replace it, he said, yes. So we're going to shoot the scene, and uh, the uh, caddy comes in to get my stuff, and he's leaving. And uh, So just before that happens, the lights go out. Something happened. They were playing with the lights. They go out, pitch black. You can't see anything. Uh, uh, the lights come back up, and I'm behind making out with the nurse. That was my idea. <laughs> nice. I said, no, Mel, I think we could do another couple. <laughs> and she turned out to be a working actress, you mm -hmm. know. Uh, uh, so, yeah, that, so then he had Rick say when the caddy went out, uh, why don't you go home and, uh, oh, no, the line was, why don't you go home and work on your putts? <laughs> That was the line. <laughs> so I thought, so he got to say putts, but I got to make Yeah, with the girl. With I nice like girl. it. Let's see. Um, Michael, do we have any questions? Have well, any? so th we've had a lot of really good comments, first of all. Okay. Um, it's uh, by the way, Tova, I saw your comment that you were from Flushing High Tova. Flushing, that's right. What, um, Some other things about Tova as well that she shared. Actually, um, yeah. 
So Do you to- know Tova Abadi? No. no. Tova loves yeah. she she was saying earlier that she loves Jeff Goldblum. And and, and Jeff told her good Shabbos in the neighborhood and invited to go listen to him play at the Rockwell Table and Stage, which right. I think is where he does that. Right. Um, and uh, and Vicky, Tova yeah. would like for you to invite Jeff to be a part of Women Who Write. All right, so I just, I want to say that I've invited Jeff through Ed Bagley, who's, you're still friends with Jeff, right? Yeah. So Ed's a friend of mine, and Ed's good friends with Jeff, and so I I sent an email through Ed Bagley, which he passed on to Jeff, and you know what I got back? A Jewish bupkis is what I got back. I got bupkis back. That's an authentic bupkis you got. I got nothing back, so... I went to a jazz thing to try to meet him, and he, right. he, I didn't get to meet him. But I'm, right. I, I'll, I'm working on it, Tova. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Other than that, we've got a lot of fans for your father, Sandy. A lot of from uh, father. Yeah. Your yeah. A lot of, lot of yeah, boring remarks about. No. Wait, <laughs> no. his father? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, just earlier on when you were telling some oh, of the oh, stories, oh, how I survived, you had some admiring comments. And, I thought, uh, great, now my son and my father <laughs> completely overshadowed me. Yeah, actually, they, they like me and Vicky as well. Strangely, uh, nothing about you, Sandy. All right, so if, if anybody has questions, ask them. So in the meantime, I, I did not know but have since found out that you have some rock star. You have like a little rock star situation mm. where you... We're in a regular... Th- well, you had a neighbor. Right, my neighbor. You still have we, a neighbor. Uh, we were there uh, Friday uh, night. Mm. Uh, and who, who's your neighbor? Uh, Queen. Uh, not the now, whole Obviously band. not Freddie Mercury, because <laughs> no. you wouldn't have been... No. You, you still... That's a very nice wristband yeah, they gave cool. you, by the way. Yeah, yeah. How, how was the concert? Is it Adam Lampert doing uh, Freddie? He's great. Is yeah. he really? He really is. Okay. He, uh, the thing is, he's not doing... Uh, He's doing himself, and his voice just fits in perfectly. Does it? He's young, and he gives them energy. He uh, Brian May is the most life. ridiculous thing in the world. He's just—he looks like an old woman. Mm. The guy in the movie, yeah, look in Bohemian Rhapsody. Right. I thought that, that, but I was like, how could Brian May still be so young? Yeah. I thought it was him. Uh-huh. I mean, that was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. right. The guy who played John Deacon, yeah, like amazing. But, so you're fr- so you're friends with we've been uh, Roger Taylor who's oh. the drummer okay and we've been friends for about thirty eight years oh wow he lived next door to me mm-hmm. and uh, oh we talk about insane parties you know I always said I wish at that time they had those GoPros you know so I could go into these uh, okay so did you um, go to like Queen parties and stuff some of them yeah some he felt were would be very destructive they would be very how so? Not good for me. How so? Too too much debauchery. You know. Uh, gay sex? Why? Well, there was some gay, a lot of gayness. Okay. And but and they, you were too Jewish, and they were too yeah, gayish. I was too Jewish. Yeah, yeah we don't uh, play with circumcised dicks. Uh, so, um, but they were pretty wild. He he told me about uh, one which I had uh, he had mentioned. It was an insane party. They had midgets. Uh, serving at the fire. Everyone was. You're talking about little people. Yeah. But they called them midgets. Okay. Midget. That's in, that's in. Sorry. It, well, I mean, it, it, it's a word that that was I used. Know. That's quite all right. So, so uh, yeah. Well, that's what he called. It's politically incorrect. But, I know. Yeah. So, so they had them doing what? So uh, they were all. Everyone was wearing togas, and it was just oh man. So they had these little people, 
with silver trays on their head and silver bowls of cocaine on their head. So they would just walk by your table. You'd just pick up a Oh, shirt. stop. Jeez. Absolutely. It sounds like the Wizard of Oz. But the <laughs> who could make that up and who would make it up? He kept telling me that. I said, are you sure? <laughs> he said, yeah, yeah. Uh, they did have, you know, uh, crazy... Did they have those parties next door to you? Like, was that no, stuff no, going on? No, no. at Freddie's house. Uh, no, they were in a place, a restaurant oh. or a oh, oh, venue or someplace mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but you know, uh, the thing was, Freddie was uh, very gay. Did you know him? I met him a few times, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but the thing is that uh, he and Roger were good friends, and Roger knew he and I would like each other because he had a great sense of humor. Did he? Freddie, which is mm-hmm. why Roger and I. Our friends mm-hmm. and, and he, and so a few times at Roger's house, uh, I met him. Uh, how 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 true was Bohemian Rhapsody for you with them? How how much of that feeling is real? I was just upset that uh, since I was involved in that, that there wasn't a character playing me, <laughs> the Jewish guy. Oh, he's way too Jewish. Get him away from the band. Get him away. Don't think we have Jews in the band. Uh, they. Uh, you know, like I wasn't there at the very beginning, but later mm-hmm. on I saw some of the stuff and they were going through kind of a uh, uh, lagging period where they had a couple albums that didn't do well and mm-hmm. they weren't sure what they were going to do. Harriet and I were in London and we were staying with them. And he, uh, so staying with Queen. Yeah, in his, uh, his uh, uh, five-story ancient mansion, you know, it was like 2,200 square feet, 22,000 square feet. Yeah. 2,200 when you go to my house. Uh, but, uh, still pretty good. So, um, uh, oh, so yeah, so he said he had to leave uh, town mm-hmm. and he left to do uh, Live Aid. And so, so I take credit for warming him up. I tell him, <laughs> I stretched his legs, you know, and, uh, and you know that changed their mm-hmm. career. They yeah, were the thing that I was always impressed about them was that this the music was what it was about. Freddie liked to have a good time. They mm-hmm. all did. Nobody did anything before the show. Mm-hmm. We were actually, and I wonder about this too. We were like backstage, literally. Here was the curtain that mm-hmm. opened with them, and I, you know, I thought. Why did he take us here? This is like the band is warming up and Freddie's uh-huh. at a ballet bar and he's, you know, stretching and uh, nobody yeah. had a drink. Nobody had really? any drugs. Uh-huh. That's why they're so good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, they went out. No drinking and drugging before you play. Oh, darn. That's Whoops. Right. <laughs> Sometimes you can't play if you don't drink right. drugs. But the, yeah, Freddie, he came over once to Roger's house mm-hmm. and uh, Roger. <laughs> think about the dull we were playing pool but I'm sure there was something else involved mm-hmm. you know and like drugs and uh, so Freddie comes over and he goes, he goes he says, you know and this is like a little thing sitting on the table Roger says oh. so Freddie says oh and he takes the whole bottle and goes oh. and he looks at it and goes oh all gone <laughs> I said that's supposed to last us all night I don't care who you are it's all gone it's all gone. Where am I going to find it? You know, and he did it and uh, left. Okay, so now <laughs> you have to tell your Mick Jagger story. 
Michael just, we thought we were going to like fly through. The, it's 8.30. We've been talking for an hour and a half. But I, you have Another to, half you, hour will you be have, like you, my show. You, have to, you have to tell your, uh, your Mick Jagger story because you're talking about the blow and I know you have a Mick Jagger story. And the Ringo Star story. And oh, the Ringo, okay. This is all the roller skating. Okay, so tell how the roller, okay, that's so, Cher, right? Yeah, Cher, yeah. Uh, every Tuesday night had uh, rented out Cher and uh, this other woman, Helena Calianta. She was a friend of Jackie. Oh, uh, Helena Christian. No, Calianto. Oh, I don't know who that is. a great name. What, what year is, what, like when is this? 79. Okay. Uh, so uh, they would rent out this place mm -hmm. and, it was all celebrities. I had a series at the time, so I had a PR guy who got me in there. Uh, but it was, you know, uh, Ringo, De Niro, uh, uh, Jack Nicholson, I didn't see him, uh, you know, Cher, all these, all these people. And so, uh, so one night uh, I go into the bathroom and uh, I'm in the stall, the door's shut, and I hear a ruckus, you know, people coming in, and, and I look and I thought, wow. And I, and I hear laughing and thinking, and I see like it's snowing on the floor of the bathroom. <laughs> and so I thought, what is going on? So I peek through the thing, and I see Mick Jagger standing in the bathroom, and I'm afraid to come out. <laughs> and there were two other guys with him, and he had a bottle of Coke like this big, and uh, he didn't even use a spoon. He just anointed them. You know, what? Which is why he was like threw it falling. at them. Yeah, and they were like catching the air, and there was like stuff on the floor, you know. And I thought, when are they going to leave? And they just were not going to leave. So I thought, all right, I got to come out. How am I going to come out? Like Clint Eastwood, or come out like Woody Allen? I didn't know. And all I know is I opened the door, and the three of them just stood in. <laughs> And I'm leaving <laughs> footprints on the floor. Oh, my God. So, uh, and they're just staring at me like, uh, you know, I had a badge and a gun. So, of course, I had a little tiny bottle, and I thought, I'm going to show them. <laughs> so, I, I'm, I'm, and, you know, he's got a bottle like yeah. this, and I'm opening mine, you know. <laughs> and I keep looking at them, you know. I go, <laughs> and I sucked up the spoon, the cover, to the jar. <laughs> And they're looking at me and laughing, and I'm laughing back like, you know, I meant to do that. And uh, I walked out, and I was humiliated. Oh, you know? my God. And then the other You didn't get thing, any of that? He didn't throw any, he didn't anoint any cocaine on you? No, I, I turned up, took off my shoes and uh, snorted the bottom <laughs> of, the, of the shoes. And then the time I met Ringo at the skating, Ringo was a terrible skater, so when he would skate, there would be three, four people around him. <laughs> <laughs> and he was, you know, skating like this. And I had a beard, dark beard. And so at the end of the night, everyone's putting their shoes on. I see Ringo's like staggering in my direction. Like, God, that, Ringo's been sober a long oh, time. Oh, no, well, yeah. this is like uh, 78. Uh -huh. And he sits down next to me and, oh, did he smell from booze. And he says, you know, I'm a, <clears throat> a big fan of yours. I said, you are? I thought... Who does he think I am? You know, <laughs> a big fan of mine. So uh, he says, "Yes, I, I, I have all your songs." <laughs> I said, "Ah, I said I know who you think I am. You think I'm Stephen Bishop?" And he said, "Yes, aren't you Stephen Bishop?" Stephen Bishop's done this show. Has he really? Yes, he oh. has. He thought I was Stephen Bishop, and I, I said, well, I "Again, it was dark, dark, dark. Yeah, yeah. And I said, "Oh." 
no, I'm not Stephen Bishop. And he looked at me and said, you know, you should tell people you're Stephen Bishop. <laughs> he said, you'll get a lot of free things. <laughs> and so we sat and we talked for a while. I kept hearing in my head from Toledo, Ohio, ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles! I kept hearing that screaming, thinking... I'm yeah. talking to Ringo. Yeah, Ringo. And he was schwitzing, and I took out my handkerchief and gave it to him, and he wiped Aww. himself down, and then he was looking toward I said, I folded it up. I have that handkerchief in a plastic zipper in storage. Aww. So I can still clone, of all people, Cl- Ringo. Clone the nose. You have to clone the nose. Clone Ringo. Couldn't Aww. it be John Lennon? But anyway, well, so that was uh, the rock and roll, and... Uh, Sandy, we're gonna to have to have you back because oh. we like we haven't even gotten through a, 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 a small, like the writing and Harriet and and the baby, all the, all the TV and the bit ba- and Lily Rose. Yeah, I so the you apple of your eye. I couldn't pee. Did I tell you that or no? Uh, <laughs> you know, I did, mm-hmm. yeah. but not on camera. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, but you. Yeah, yeah. you know, at my yeah. age sometimes it takes a little longer to pee than usual and. Uh, Lily comes into the bathroom with mm-hmm. us and she was watching me waiting and she's looking up and looking down and uh, nothing is happening and I looked at her I said uh, nothing's happening now and she gave me a look like it's broken <laughs> I thought how does she know this is how shit starts with women three, <laughs> three years old she's uh, gonna go around and tell everyone my poppy's uh, uh, wanky's broken <laughs> You know, we haven't even gotten a name for it yet, you know. But, uh, so yeah, at uh, almost 70, uh, I became a father uh, again, and uh, so did Harriet. <laughs> well, she's a mother. Yes. Let's clarify that. <laughs> but it's, you know, and how long have you and Harriet been together? 45 years. 45 years. And they're three of the happiest years of my life. <laughs> but you know, seriously. But I'll tell you, having a baby... Uh, after 45 years of marriage and uh, being 70, it's real tough. Mm-hmm. Although, if she weren't so gorgeous, we would have let her go to foster care. You know, this is that. this is your son's daughter. Yes, but not Simon. No, Mason, he, he yeah. keeps his children. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, yeah, so that's uh, and it was going to be for a few months, but they never got their shit together, and uh, the court took her away permanently, and we're not going to. Life go, is good. Go into uh, a foster home, and so every bone in my body hurts. And mm-hmm. uh, she, but she's so smart. I don't know how from those two, but although our son is very smart, mm-hmm. uh, but he's just messed up. You know. Well, I'm sorry about that, but I'm glad Me that too. Lily has you guys. Oh, she. And uh, I love your wife, Harriet. Oh. I haven't seen Harriet in a very long time, so I hope that the next time you come, you know, I would love to have you both on and talk about the writing you guys did together. And okay, just make a, sure it's on a day that we're talking to each other. Okay. <laughs> we both just sit here and look away. And, and some, a few people have told me that Harriet was very instrumental in their career. Like she got them like their big gigs, casting director. Yeah, yeah, yeah she can. The first movie she ever did was Carrie. Maybe maybe it was Nancy Allen. Nancy Allen. Yeah, Nancy Allen. It was Amy Irving. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah. She used a lot of the groundlings. And, yeah. You know, uh, was Lynn Stewart in it? I think she was. Maybe. Lynn Stewart, Edie McClurg. Yeah. yeah. Well, Everyone but me. <laughs> but that was okay. 
I told Harriet about it. I went in to meet uh, Brian De Palma and George Lucas. They were mm-hmm. both doing movies. Mm-hmm. And so, and they had no casting director. So I'm sitting in a chair, and there they are in their director's chairs. So George Lucas starts to get into his movie. And I'm listening, I'm thinking, it's science fiction. I'm too Jewish. Really? They're not going to hire me for a science fiction, you know, who's Star Wars. So I said, let me hear what the Italian guy, and he talks about Carrie. I thought, I think I could uh, work my way into that. And he t- they tell me they have no casting director. I go home. Oh, so you get them Harriet? Yeah. All right, wait, we, you have to hold the story, though, because I have, because Michael has to go. Oh, okay. All <laughs> right. Not, it has a happy ending. Oh. And it's not a massage, either. So, so the happy ending is that Harriet gets the gig as the casting director, She right? gets that night. She goes out to dinner wow. with uh, Brian De Palma and Martin Scorsese. Mm. They talked to her, and I kept saying, you sure they didn't touch you? And <laughs> she went to work on Carrie three days later. That wow, that's awesome. awesome. So. Sandy, well, yeah. all right, so next time it's going to be you and Harriet. We're going to talk about the writing career. We're going to talk about all the TV shows. And, and maybe uh, we'll bring Lily. Oh, that would be sweet. Maybe, I'll go to, maybe we'll come to you out in Melbourne. You could do Shoot that. There. We'll yeah. do that. So everybody, um, Sandy Hoberg, anything uh, they're watching uh, What would you now? No, I'm going to try and get my uh, solo show up again. Okay, uh, good. You can only blame so much on the Holocaust. Okay. So <laughs> where I talk about, uh, like you said, uh, who would have thought the Holocaust could have could had laughs funny. in it? Yeah. Mel Brooks said, I would never touch the Holocaust. Yeah. And he said, you're crazy. Springtime no. for Hitler. Right. Yes. And he says, I only make fun of Hitler. <laughs> I don't talk about the camps. <laughs> <laughs> I said, thank well, you so much. Thank you. It was thank a pleasure. You. And so uh, it's been a long time. We'll do it again. Yeah, and you're going to have to come back to Women Who Write. Yes. Women Who Write. When, yes. when all the women are here. Michael, thank you so much for doing thank this. Thank you. And thank you. you all out there for being with us. And we will see you next week with Dan O'Shannon, writer for Modern Family, for Cheers, for Newhart. We'll see you then. Take care. I was on